Hey, everybody. Welcome to another Making a Geek. I am Damian DiCarlo. Today's guest is an award-winning, very talented writer, producer, and director of independent film. Her current film, Cycles, is currently making its round in indie film festivals. Please welcome Catherine Murray Satchel. Hello. Hi. How are you? Good to see you, Catherine. How you been? Good to see you, too. I've been good. You know, it's pandemic, so. How have you guys been holding up during the pandemic? Uh, We've been holding up fine. Uh, We... um, my husband, I live with my husband and we uh, live in a house now. Um, we moved where we were able to rent a house last year by the will of our uh, employers. <laughs> thank goodness and thankful. Like, we've been very grateful for that and for sustaining that. But before that, we were living in this one bedroom apartment and I'm pretty sure we would have killed each other. Like <laughs> we were still there because there was like nowhere to like be out of each other's space, you know. Yeah. Um, but now with the space, we're like, okay, we can like we can we can work with each other. You know, it's been it's been good. So it's good. Yeah, no it's, it's, imp- here. it's important during uh, the pandemic to uh, to to stay close to your loved ones, but not too close. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> More ways than one. Exactly. It's been a it's been a good it's been a good practice for us as far as, you know. I mean we've been together for like fifteen years. So but this is, you know, a time where tensions are high, you know, you're paranoia is there, like you don't know what the state of the world is gonna be. So you've got all this like emotionally taxing uh stuff going on. So right. it's been it's been an interesting it's built up stress on like, it. Yeah, on everyone right now. It's just one of those yeah. things that's just stored inside and like any little thing can trigger it. And we're all, you know, just on a little bit on, on edge more than usual. Yeah. So yeah, so we've been like giving each other like, or like allowing each other to feel the things that we need to feel just because it's better to just get it out as opposed to letting it bottle in. And sometimes I'm like, oh gosh, well, please. Like, I just don't want it to like, come out in like a crazy way you know what i mean like so it's just yeah you don't want to bottle it in and let it blow up later just let it out when it's there acknowledge the feeling (laughs) yeah exactly yeah Yeah. so it's been like it's been it's been interesting and difficult like navigating like giving each other the space to do that and you know allow and being forgiving in that way um so yeah yeah well, it's thank you for thank you for being on the show. Uh, I wanted to um, basically just kind of talk a little bit about uh, your your film cycles. By the way, was was fantastic. Um, I, I saw that recently, um, but I wanted to geek out a little bit about filmmaking. I, I do a little bit of screenwriting on the side and um, have a love for film. Mm-hmm. Um, where did where did your career in film start, and and when when did you know that you were going to get into this? Uh, so. Because I give my friend way too much credit, but I mean, he deserves all the credit. Um, in high school, I was 14. I didn't grow up, I wasn't one of those kids who grew up with like film, with like video cameras and stuff in the household. Never occurred to me um, that that was a thing, you know? So I never had that, I never had that like firsthand exposure until I was in high school. And I went to this performing arts high school. I'm from Philadelphia. So, uh, <laughs> where good things happen there. And um, you guys have really good sandwiches there. <laughs> we do. We have those great hoagies right? and cheesesteaks, not from Pat's and Gino's. Um, <laughs> anyway, no shade, but shade. So 
in high school, I, would, I went to a performing arts high school and I majored in creative writing. And at the time I um, was just writing short stories and like little books and stuff. And my friend who was a junior, I was a freshman, he was like, hey, have you ever heard of screenwriting? And I said, no, what is that? And he was like, this is how you write movies. I said, oh, that's interesting. And he gave me this book and then I read it. And I was like, oh, this is cool. Okay, all right, I'm into it, I'm into it. And then I just like took it from there and then ran with it and I haven't let go since. So like I made my first movie freshman year of high school with like asking my friends to be in this really, really bad film. And <laughs> I still have a VHS of it just for blackmail material. Oh so, yeah, VHS. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So we're talking old school camcorder. Old school yeah. camcorder, like the big, the big camera. So as soon as I picked up a camera for the first time and put it on my shoulder, I was like, oh, this feels great. Like I was already, it just felt, it was like one of those things that just fit. Right. You know? Those camcorders back then were huge. I mean, you could kill a man yeah. with those things. <laughs> you could. You could. I'm like this scrawny 14-year-old just like holding this camera. Um, but yeah, that's when I first fell in love with it. And I mean, I, you know, I always watch movies. I just never really put two and two together. You know, I would watch, you know, I was a big, I'm a big sucker for musicals and for, um, you know, the kinds of, film i would love i would watch horror movies like any scary movie that was on tv saturday afternoon i was there i was watching it you know like that was my that was my jam back back in the day <laughs> or anything that was like slightly uh naughty on national on broadcast tv i was watching <laughs> as well um so yeah that was like yeah i loved tv and film like always i just never really connected filmmaking with the entertainment that I was watching. So you, you started writing short stories, but it, was it in novel format before you got that? Yeah, it was, started yeah studying? it was mostly prose. Um, yeah, it was mostly prose because I was just reading like Sweet Valley Twins books and, remember you know, <laughs> sci-fi. Yeah, that was my thing. And like, and you know, like sci-fi, some sci-fi books, some other, I don't know, uh, some other like fiction, historical fiction stuff that my mom would make me read over the summer. Um, and so that was my exposure into writing. So I just knew prose writing. I never knew about screenwriting until then. And so your friend recommended this book, which I, I assume was on screenwriting, like Screenwriting 101 or something, right? Like yeah, it was a Sid Field book, uh, like one of like his most popular ones. So like basics of screenwriting, like something very just like a general overview of that and he would use excerpts from like Chinatown and I didn't even know what Chinatown was I was just like oh okay right. Gettys uh, <laughs> and uh and so yeah looking at that format you know back then you didn't really have screenwriting software so I would the first feature that I wrote I wrote with a friend of mine and we would write it longhand and just swap the notebook back and forth and just like actually use the formatting like indent the the dialogue right, where right. it's supposed to be and everything and the descriptions and then i would later transcribe it and type it into like a word document and then use the tabs that way i was able to like 
you know, like reverse engineer like the indentation of everything. Oh, to, gotcha. Yeah, to gotcha. make the format work. So I can only imagine what it was like back in the day doing it on a typewriter. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like had to measure right where it would go, all the margins and everything. Exactly. Um, did you find it to be then easier or more difficult when you're writing in a screen writing format? Now. Yeah, oh, it's way easier. when you first started. Oh yeah. I personally like easier. it. When I do my writing, I, I'm very, uh, as a person too, I'm very straight to the point. <laughs> so uh -huh. when I write, I like to visually just describe to the point and I can visualize things better that way. But when it's a novel, um, while it's not to, to uh, bag on a novel, but I just, there's so much descriptive uh, wordplay in, in a novel that it loses what I, I'm trying to convey. So I, novel writing wasn't for me. So for me, I, I can relate to like that being easier, um, especially if it's going to translate directly to film. You know what I, so I had this moment in school where, you know, after I really got into filmmaking, I was going like, oh, this is great. It's like an audio visual medium. So I can like do all this really cool stuff. And then I'd still have to do this, these prose assignments, like writing short stories and everything. And I found that the learning that I was getting from screenwriting worked well, just being very descriptive. I was very descriptive about like the color of the walls and the color, you know, like someone's shoe when I was writing prose because I was picturing it as a movie. So I don't know if that helped or hurt my prose, but I still, you know, I, for the life of me, I'm like kind of afraid to write prose now because I'm so used to, <laughs> because I'm right. so used to being to the point. And also like the novels that I have read um, as of late, which are not many, or like through audiobook or something, um, they, it's like intimidating a little bit, like just the way that authors use their words i feel like my vocabulary might have shortened or might have gone away a little bit in screaming because i'm like he walks in you know like as opposed to he saunters in or he like glides through the door and blah 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 <laughs> so um in that way like i have respect for both mediums but yeah it's it's a little bit harder for me to get to writing prose like if i have to write a synopsis of something i can't i struggle with that so hard because i'm like just read the script just, yeah, just, the just script. get right into it <laughs> stop with this old decorative word thing yeah i know yeah so it's like it's a balance so i have respect for it but yeah i yeah. Like no, for me too. Like I could never go back to that either. Um, just because I just don't have that kind of mind anymore. I, I see it visually, but to put it in words, it can be kind of frustrating. So I just want to like, he, like you said, he walks in period. Okay. Then I just want to visually just kind of write down what I'm seeing, but that's it. Um, yeah. Now, as far as then with film, what, what made you get into independent film from there? Uh, well, independent film was more of a necessity thing <laughs> because, you know, everyone wants to break into the big industry, but, you know, it's hard to do that. So um, uh, being that I'm very much hands-on and uh, especially since holding that first camera, I'm like, oh, I can just do this myself. And so that just stuck with me throughout the her decades that I've been doing this and well, off and on anyway. Uh, so yeah, like independent film, I don't really see myself as part of the indie film industry because I don't think there really is like a, 
I'm guessing there there are like tiers to an indie film industry. I'm kind of like down here with just like the rest of the floaters who are like doing their own thing, but I'm not like, you know, like a well-known, like a Noah Baumbach or a, right, I guess he's indie, you know, <laughs> I guess. I think he's not anymore, but, um, or like a, uh, what's his name, like Richard Licklater or something, like on those lanes of like being like independent, but well-known those are up here right and then there's like like the you said tears yeah. yeah the tears who are like we're still like making it to sundance and stuff and then there's like me <laughs> and <laughs> everyone else who are just doing their own thing and just doing it uh, you know out of just the sheer love for for cinema and for storytelling that now going to the top tiers let's go with some of the names you dropped um why, why would you think in your opinion being in the industry uh why do you think that they would stay there rather than going into mainstream? I think that they stay there definitely by choice. Also, it's probably for a sense of autonomy, you know, just because you're not like beholden to the studio system, but the lines are so blurred now. Like when you hear independent filmmaking, I still think, you know, $500,000 or lower. But now independent filmmaking is like in the millions. I'm like, what individual has a million something dollars? How can you still call that indie when you've got like that, right. that kind yeah, of- Yeah, and, and that, I've heard money. of that. So like, I, I've always wondered, I wish I could ask someone like, what makes them then just not go over if it, I mean, it, there has to be some sort of pro con to this whole indie film industry, even at that tier. Do you get more freedom? Do you get more bragging rights on the films that you make or, or how does it work? Like, that's what I wondered. Yeah, I think, I think it really is just not being beholden to a big, to a bigger studio like Warner Brothers or, you know, like the big three or five, whatever it is now. Smaller operation, Um, but more freedom to do. Yeah. You're not like, you're not getting, you're not getting studio notes on your, on your like mumble core project. You know, like they're not going to be like, they're talking too much, (laughs) you know, like you don't have to worry about that or you don't need to worry about like, oh, we want a little bit more explosions here. Um, So you have a little bit more creative control in that way. Like you might be beholden to somebody, you know, an investor or something, but you're not beholden to the studio system. Now with with filmmaking, do you do you find it uh, at all? stressful at times like what what are the some of the challenges that you deal with when you make say the film cycles that you made it's always money that's the that's the big difference between you know like indie filmmaking and studio filmmaking studio filmmaking you have the money like you like you have daddy taking care of you or whoever you know giving you the money to make your project even though you have a little bit less creative control over how you want to do it, unless you're like super famous, you could do whatever the hell you want. But, uh, you know, I think the main struggle in independent filmmaking is finding the funds and never having enough to do what you want. Um, With cycles, you know, once we got past the money thing, I think that thankfully this was like my least stressful money thing, (laughs) I would say, uh, even though I hate crowdfunding and I had to do it. Uh, and thank you for all the donors who donated to my project. Um, I don't like asking for money. Yeah. I just don't. No, I totally no, get that too. 
yeah, yeah I have too much pride in, uh, you know, like, I just, I just want to do it, you know? Right. And um, that's like, that's the main challenge with that it, because money will dictate a lot of other things down the line, like as far as what kind of crew you get, um, if you can get the right, the right type of crew, or if you're going to be asking for favors, if you can get a specific location, how good is your food going to be, you know, like all these other things all have to do with money. And then, and then on top of that, thinking on the creative side, you know, what can you execute in a certain amount of time? If you only have $2, you only have one day to shoot everything. Well, can't do that super techno crane, you know, because it's going to take up your whole day for that one shot. So, right. um, so yeah, I mean, those are like the issues. Um, but, yeah, the creative, so but the creative process is more or less not stressful. Like you... I know some people, the writer's block. I mean, did you ever go through that? <laughs> for this one? No, actually, actually cycles came was, a, was a result of writer's block for another project. Sometimes I do. <laughs> sometimes I like procrast. It was more of a procrastination script. Like I write something and then I'm like, oh, do I really want to rewrite this right now? I'm going to write something else. And then I just wrote cycles. And then that was a little bit easier to, to manage it's funny because i've done the same thing too um where i haven't completed one and yet i stepped away and did a polar opposite as far as the, the plot story everything and that one turned out better than the one i was working on <laughs> right it's almost like it's almost like you need that you need you need to not think and then it just comes to you whereas like you uh you know if you're really like hard focused on one thing sometimes you're almost forcing it to happen and then we are just like oh let's do this other thing real quick and then that turns out to be the gold it's because you're not it's because you're not you're using the creative energy but you're using it in a different way that makes right. it a little bit easier for the words to flow the way that they can and maybe after that then you can revisit the, the other thing that you were working on and go oh this is trash and i know why now yeah that's the thing too I've, I've gone back to some things i wrote years ago i'm like i didn't like this at all like what was i thinking it's just you get these moments of just kind of the inspiration you write it down and it's either a hit or miss for yourself now my my question to you have you written anything ever where you thought this is total garbage and someone reads it or or you reread it again you're like wait this is gold this is great like i, I gotta do something with this um i think all the stuff that i write is good is brilliant so. <laughs> <laughs> um no huh have i hmm no, not necessarily garbage, but I think I've been unsure about some things. Like there's this feature that I just wrote and during quarantine, because that's one of the things, that's how I cope. Um, I wrote this feature and I was pretty happy with it. And it's a first draft. So I'm just like, it's a first draft, guys. Like, it's probably trash. And you know, some of the feedback has been pretty positive. I'm sh there's still a lot of work that needs to be done, but I was like, oh, okay, good, good. I'm on the right track with that. You now, know, who do you, who do you share your screenwriting uh, with? Like when when you when you're either sharing the idea or completed one, who's the first to to to, to read it with you? 
I usually give it to my writing group. I would recommend for any screenwriter to join a writer's group where it's just you and a bunch of other struggling people. Because like sometimes when you don't have things to write, you could at least commiserate and have like a little therapy session Absolutely. or joint therapy right. session where you're just like, my stuff sucks. And you're like, well, my stuff sucks. And you're like, oh no, but your stuff's great. And you just kind of build each other up and offer support. and. That kind it, of thing. Writers groups are great. I personally don't have one. I wish I did. That's like my dream. If I could ever do that, I haven't, again, I haven't invested much into this, but uh, for myself, but now just for the audience to kind of get a feel what, what takes place in the writers group, what, what gets talked about, who gets, mm -hmm. who gets what, and what feedback do they give you? So, um, so usually, well, the writers groups that I'm a part of, I'm a part of like three right now, which <clears throat> It wasn't always like that. I was usually, I was part of one at first. And then I uh, joined a couple others because, you know, the, there's, it's always good to get feedback from many people. And the, there's one writing group that I feel like I've spent a lot of time with and they understand me and they know my style and they know my brain. And I found that, you know, the feedback while it was good, I felt like, oh, but you know me. So I want to see if I can find a group of people that I don't know and see if they still pick up on, you know, the same, like on the same thing. So they have different right. notes. Um, sorry, I kind of went off on a tangent. But anyway, <laughs> so, uh, so in a writer's group, it would just be, uh, you can find them on Meetup or, you know, like at a networking event if that still happens. Um, and you know, you pretty much meet virtually or in person, depending on if there's a pandemic or not, like once a week or every other week or once a month. And each week, the goal is that somebody in that group has something to share, whether it's pages an outline or a full script of like a pilot or a feature. And they submit it like a few days beforehand so you have time to read it come to the group with feedback and the feedback that you would give runs the gamut like if the writer has um has specific questions that they want to ask or that they want feedback on then they'll ask it um but usually you just give like general feedback like does this make sense is this you know are the characters well developed or you're just giving like you don't want to give like too many suggestions but you just want to at least give like your take on um on how you perceive the story and what right. wasn't clear or if you see that they were attempting to do something going oh i saw what you were trying to do but it didn't work and maybe if you do this this might help so does it ever happen uh, where maybe if it happened to you or not but when you get into a writer's group, someone feeds the idea of something in a in a scene, and then you have to credit them. Is that does that usually happen when 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 someone gives a really good suggestion, or or how does that work? Um, I think it depends on the kind of writer group. I know that there are some writers groups where they do have all the members sign an NDA saying you can't steal anyone's work or something like that. But I think that um, for the most part, if someone gives you a really, really good idea, 
to put in there. You don't necessarily have to credit them for it. And they're usually okay if they state that, like, you know, you got this, but uh, maybe yeah, you this in there, you know? Yeah, I think it's just like an unspoken thing. Like, you're all supporting each other. So it's not like you're asking for credit. Right. And I think that, that... Unless you actually say, we are going to write this together. Right. And that yeah, could be a, a little bit of a remnant of, uh, you know, the way the film industry started with independent films. Like, I think it might be more just of that, um, that a different kind of attitude, I guess you can say, where everyone's helping each other versus mainstream movie making is a little bit more, it's a little different. I think from my take of it, it's just more business oriented. Everyone gets a say and everyone has to get paid for that. So mm -hmm. I think in this case, independent film kind of lends itself to, uh, to just, mm -hmm. just being with those, that are talented like yourself and they just want to help you out at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, that's all, that's what it's all about. I think that even, you know, I was in a workshop with like John Ridley and he was talking about, he was breaking down like how he, how he works and how he writes, uh, how he writes features. And he does like, Oh, you can write a feature in like four weeks or four months or something. If you follow this regimen. Cause I was like, I want to, cause I was at, my, at the time, I was like, I want to finish this effing feature. Oh my God, how did you do this? And so he broke it down. But even, you know, as he was talking, like, yeah, he, he was saying like, yeah, I, you know, I have stuff that, you know, I write garbage. I write complete garbage. And I have to give it to a friend to have their take on it. So like even an Oscar winning screenwriter still has their community of people who are just going to look at it and go, oh, this is garbage, or like this, you're on the right track here. So they still have that community to, uh, to help make their project better. And it's just, you know, out of the goodness of their heart, like they're not going to ask for like a co-written credit from it, especially if it's for people that you trust. Like, right. That's, I guess that's kind of the, uh, yeah, and when you're at that level, I'm sure your writer's group is a little bit smaller, <laughs> but right. still, but I, but it's still good to get feedback from people that you like and trust before you send it to your reps or the studio or something and say, "Here's my new project," you know, just to make sure that it's at least in good shape to you before they put their stank on it. Is, it. is it difficult for you in the case of cycles or anything else that you've done in film where you just critique yourself a little too much where you get like kind of a, where you hit a wall? Like, cause I, I've done that where I, I'm writing something. I, I just, I'm like, this is good, but it's not good enough. So I'm going right back into it, re-editing and in, in all of a sudden you've spent what was supposed to be your project turning into like multiple years. Has that ever happened with you? Absolutely. That has happened to me so many times. And it wasn't until that John Ridley workshop that I started to like uncalibrate myself. I still do it. I still self-edit. Um, one of the things that I do when I write is I always, I'm always under the, I want everything to be perfect. Even if it's a first draft, I'm like, this first draft is going to be the best first draft because I hate rewriting. So I want to make this as good as it can possibly be. So I can only do like three rewrites. Not going to happen, but that's just like my stupid brain working. And um, yeah, so yeah, I'm always, 
always self-editing and stuff, but it wasn't, but with that workshop, I just had to keep on, keep on going. Just write it down. Doesn't have to make sense. Just write it down. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. So I just, so I just had to like keep it moving that way. But there was like a, like a chunk in my track that was like, this scene goes here. This is what happens in it. Don't have time. Continue. <laughs> Gotta I'll keep go going. <laughs> yeah. And then I'll go back. But usually I would just like, before I would just get stuck on that scene and go, what is that scene supposed to do? What does it mean? You know, like what, what is the purpose of this? Does it even make sense? You know, so I'll, I'm starting waxing poetic over this stupid scene. It's supposed to just going, it's going to happen. And then. <laughs> I, I, I remember writing one that <laughs> it was, I was particularly more visionary than I was writing for some reason in this one. It was even more concise if you can imagine that when it comes to screenwriting but like i remember writing like okay guy goes for you know descriptive purposes the guy goes into the bar talks to the girl something really cool happens here anyway next scene because <laughs> yeah. i have another thing to talk about <laughs> yeah now That's when you when you do the writing uh and, and you finally are good with it saying that in this case with cycles uh, how long from the point of being done with your screenplay to getting started with production to being done how long did all of that take in the span of time a year a couple years um so i i finished the script like months if not a year before i actually decided to make it it was just sitting there and um It was just like, oh, I'd like to make this, but money. So I'll just, I'll just let it go. And uh, I think it happened, it started around when I was finally like, okay, let's, let's do this. Let's make this. I'll, I met this, this guy, Jordan Walker, um, who, shout out Jordan, who, um, who, wanted to help filmmakers with their marketing and like crowdfunding strategy and stuff. And I said, Oh, I suck at that. So if you can help, that would be great. So I partnered with him and he was like, well, what project do you want to do? And I said, Oh, I got the script. And I sent it to him. I'm like, I like it. I'd like to see this made. And he was like, okay, great. That happened in July of last year. August is when we really started to plan the, crowdfunding strategy and around that time I also started to bring on at least some core people like the uh, producer Kara who I've worked with before with my web series the new adults so shameless plug there and um, went to her and I said hey I've got this script would you be interested in producing so all this happened August or yeah August September is when I think we launched the crowdfunding campaign and it lasted for two months no we launched it in october i think anyway so august july august september october november we shot in december so that's four months of prep pre-production and fundraising <clears throat> and then we shot it in like three days and then that was, and then in post-production from December until July. So that's another eight months. Yeah. So all this for just a short 
or yeah. right? I mean, yeah, it's amazing when you have so much to get done and like a short amount of time, but yet it's still a long time. I mean, a whole year, let's say, let's just say a full year for, for a short. Um, but you know, obviously it, it, it paid, it pays off because the film is great. Um, I just wish that there was more, um, more of this, more people to see like what it takes to make something like that. It's, it's, there's such a large process involved and like yeah, so much, so much time. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of moving pieces and you can get it. You can get stuff done in a shorter amount of time. I'm not saying that this is like a model, like it's going to take a year to do, but uh, you know, depending on the length of the film uh, yeah, in general, what the length of the film is, how you want to see how you want to acquire funding for it that's going to take some time and you really do want to spend enough time making sure you have everything in place with yeah. your with your story writing uh it could be cycles or, or the other uh, films that or projects you've made do you feel that your own personal life experiences reflect in your storytelling my husband would say yes <laughs> uh yes they do um in some a little bit more more connected than others. Like I wrote this pilot that was pretty much just based off of my childhood. And um, with Cycles, it was based off of a few other like past relationship experiences mixed with a lot of fiction. Um, it just kind of like melded into this thing. But I think that it, I think that every project that it has has some bit of me in it. Um, just so I can emotionally connect with it. Cause you have to connect with what you, with what you put forward in some way. Like, even if it is just, you know, aliens, like vis visiting a planet, but if that, Absolutely. Alien is, yeah. if that alien is lonely for whatever reason, like, oh, I've experienced loneliness before and blah. So yeah, that's, yes. With all of the things that I've written, I have, yeah, I've been connected to it in some way. Do you feel like you have to put yourself in a in a space where you feel you are a character for a short amount of time in, in your day where you're just that frame of thinking is just all that character and everything he or she says? Do you find yourself ever doing that when you do your writing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've done that a couple of times. And depending on what it is, I might do like a pass as one of the characters and then then step away just to make sure that you know one character is consistent and then another character's personality is consistent as well it's like a little bit of method acting but right yeah i personally yeah well for me like i was gonna say it's it's funny <laughs> i've said this story to a few people um it's a little weird but what i do with only a select few of my friends that know i do this kind of process with screenwriting i wouldn't do this with anybody but um, I usually will have a conversation with them of actual written script that I did, and I want to see what they say. <laughs> That's you know, good. It's a good exercise. I yeah, I don't remember anything that I've written. <laughs> it just comes out, and then I forget. So, what, with your post production experience with Cycles, what what was that like? What did that look like for you? Um, it was different than what I than how I usually do things because I. You know, this is, Cycles was my real first foray into like making something that was like super polished and like that had a score and um, 
so that those things were very important and you know i went to like a post-production house to like do the color timing you know i was like i will go all out for this just uh for my own i don't even know there was there's no reason it was mainly just to like up my game uh based on just to like make sure that every new project that i do was a little bit higher in quality than the last just for experience points and all that right so yeah the, so it was definitely a learning experience when it comes to the, when it comes to, when it comes to the score in particular. And I want to shout out Cliff Rosalic for being so patient with me <laughs> because I've never worked with a composer like that or just ever, you know, I usually just source like free, you know, like royalty free music and just throw it in or ask like, right. Um, musicians like, hey, what like existing stuff do you have? Like indie artists and just go, can I use this in my web series? And they're like, yeah, sure, just throw it in. Um, but this time was the first time that I actually had something built from scratch. And so it was, it was hard to figure out like how to communicate what was in my head to him and so there was a lot of back and forth and me going like yeah but maybe it should be like this and he's like this and I'm like no not that but this and he's like this and I'm like no not that but so it was like a lot of like it, you know it was it was hard because i didn't want to be like the i i'll know it when i hear it yeah, because yeah, i've been there know, what, can, what can you do what yeah. can you do with that it's um, hard because only you know it in your head and you can't get it out you know it's yeah exactly like, it's guy walks in the bar, cool thing happens next. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that um, I relate to a portion of that because I have a composer that I worked with for making the music for this show. And whether they're paid or not, I feel horrible going back and like, can you do it again? Like, I know you did it so good, but like yeah. it, there's something I have in my head. I can't quite, you know. Yeah, I can't quite I say can't. It. I can't bring it out to you and, and, and tell you or show you, but like you said, when I hear it, then it's, it's right on, you know, but I know that for them, they, some, some composers could, cause I know a few, but they could either take that as a great challenge of like, okay, great. I'll step it up. Or they could just be like, man, I gave it my all. Like, why aren't you liking this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's like, it's dealing with, it's dealing with that. Like, I'm just like, I'm hoping that like nothing, um, you know, I'm hoping that I'm not being too frustrating with what I want. But he eventually, I mean, we got, he gave me this beautiful score of it. You know, like, he gave me a bunch of beautiful scores. Let me put it that way. He gave me a bunch of beautiful scores. The one that is in the film is perfect. I was like, yes, we it's, did it. It is it's fantastic. There. Yeah, it's Thank great. <laughs> and it's funny because scores are really, I just had a conversation about this with someone that, um, my my thing with film there's so much film that you could put in or there's so much scenes you could put in a film where you either do need music or you don't and i think some scenes are very important to have film score and in in yours in particular was well judged by this composer because there's there were certain parts that needed something that other films tend to go on the quiet mode because they they go for more intensity of character but in this mm -hmm. case music really really adds to this kind of a story with 
you know, it, it, you basically are, are romancing, you know, two characters coming together, but you're also displaying that to the, to the audience. You're, you're, you're selling them this romance. And I think that the music really just adds that feeling that the unsaid parts of the script that weren't written for the film to, to other history that we don't know of these two uh, main characters. And it, it, and that adds to the feeling intensity to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, what she said. That was great. Okay, good. <laughs> I'll <laughs> I'll take it. The same page. Um, now, from here, yeah. Catherine, where where are we going with cycles? Uh, you, you and you have this and the rounds going through the rounds of the festivals coming up. Are are things opening up for you uh, post COVID? I should say now that you know it's kind of ho- hopefully getting better. It'll be at the Bed Stuy Film Festival in New York. This is all virtual, by the way. Right. Um, so yeah. Bedside Film Festival in New York, and then it'll be at the Sydney Odyssey Film Festival in Charlotte, North Carolina. So those are the three. It did do one in-person film festival, which is like a drive-up thing in Oregon, the Oregon Short Film Festival back in August, which was pretty cool. I didn't go, but I was like, ah, I want to go up there. This was like a drive-in showing? Yeah, it was like a drive-in show. They like projected it on this brewery, this wall in the brewery or something. Um, But yeah, it was cool. It was very cool. But most of the stuff has been virtual. Like we just finished, it just finished screening at a virtual film festival for Moving Parts Film Festival, which is my first virtual thing. So now I know how it goes. It's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, beyond that, I'm just going to try to, there's a few more festivals. I submitted to like the big ones, so we'll see. And, um, and then after that, I'll eventually make it public. I mean, there's really nothing stopping me from making it public. I'm just being coy and being, you know, just being coy about it right now. (laughs) It'll eventually drop on the virtual space. Yeah, I'm sure you finally, I'd like to find a good home for it though. right right and you know that's every right to to you because it's your film and you're going (laughs) to develop a great following now from this uh particular film i think uh it's very good um and i wish you the best catherine you uh and where can folks find you by the way now from you know from here till when you start releasing this public um you can find me on the the twitters and on the instagrams the twitter i've been messing with twitter a lot lately um, I go by my married name, Street, so it's Cat Street One, and uh, Instagram it would be WWC Productions, <clears throat> which stands for Readers with Cameras, which is the production company that was used uh, for Cycles and for the web series. And that's pretty much it. And I think on yeah, and on Facebook you can find Weirdos with Cameras Productions as well. Perfect. Well, we okay. look forward to what happens from here with you. Um, with um, you, you, you obviously have great talent. Um, in this case, this this particular film, I think, is your segue right into where you want to go. Um, and I, I definitely wish you the best. Thank you. Appreciate it. And good luck with all your stuff. I want to see. I want to see some of your things, man. Absolutely. We'll work together on that. Um, yes. Folks, you can find me on Instagram at Damien underscore DeCarlo, also at Making a Geek underscore Podcast. Uh, Don't forget to hit subscribe and that little bell for more cool content. Until next time, everybody, keep calm and geek out.